0: Welcome to the Rugby Analyst Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Muddy. This week's guest is James Kent. James, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So to get started, where are you from and where's home now?
1: So I'm French-Australian, born in the UK, and now living in Luxembourg for the last three years or so.
0: Oh, wow. So that's quite a background.
1: Yeah, a bit of a nomadic background. Um, (laughs) especially in the last five, ten years, due to rugby and, and others. So, no, it's been a, an interesting
0: interesting trip. Great. Right. And so what's your uh, current position or positions, and uh, how did you get there?
1: Uh, so currently for the upcoming season, I'm, uh, I'm working as the analyst and, um, and helping with some skills with the France U20s um, based out of Paris, as well as the, working with the Stade Francais Academy, Uh, in the same same capacity uh, doing analysis and some skill stuff and then out here in Luxembourg I'm the director of rugby of the club that play in the German Bundesliga the national comp there
0: Cool and um, and... background behind that is uh, before moving to
1: Luxembourg I was working with Rugby Canada uh, for four years so I worked with the women's programme the 15s and the men's 15s Um, I did the Women's World Cup in 2014 in France. Uh, unfortunately, lost the final to England. Um, and then the 2017 in, in Ireland as well. And once I finished up there, my wife found work in Luxembourg, so I moved out here.
0: And uh, it's just rolled on since uh, since then. What was it like being, being part of a World Cup team?
1: Oh, it was brilliant. Um, I think just the, the bonds that we had, especially in, in 2014, uh, because we we performed without really having um, expectations and uh, went into the tournament with a lot of self-belief, but not really known to the outside world. And then 2017, there was more expectation on us because we we'd risen to second in the world rankings and uh, we'd also drawn the the Black Ferns in our pool, which is always a tough ask. And uh, that was the only game we dropped um, in the World Cup. So, but the way it worked um, with three groups in the Women's World Cup. Was uh, left us to fail to make the semi finals, which
0: was unlucky. But uh, no, great experience. Cool, cool. Um, and then I saw on your resume you went to the ARANZ coaching course in New Zealand. What was that like?
1: Yeah, that was a fantastic experience with the IRNZ coaching course in Palmerston North. So I went there last summer uh, to do a two week high performance coaching course. And um, it's just great. You've got the, there's about 15 coaches. So you apply to get on and um, the amount of, you know, super rugby coaches, international coaches that come in and will take a module on defense. So we had Graham Henry come in and do um, two days with us on defense. We had John Plumtree, who's one of the current All Black coaches, uh, come in and talk to us about the Hurricanes environment. Uh even more position-specific stuff. So, Purdy Whippu came in, did uh, work with the, the scrum halves. And so, you know, the amount of learning, especially the technical side of it, which you don't always get in uh, coaching courses, it tends to be a lot of theory and a lot of planning. Uh, but this was a great insight into the, the technical side of the game.
0: How do you prepare for something like that? Like, what goes into you know spending two weeks in New Zealand, just just focusing on coaching? More uh, well, convincing to, to to the people around you to begin with uh, to be able to just you know pack up and, and head off for a, for a few weeks. Obviously, being so far, you've got to at least plan three weeks. But
1: I just went in there with a with an open mind and notebook and just wrote down everything I could. I didn't really I'd, I'd been recommended the course, so I had an no idea of what it was going into it. And I think it's just a uh, if you go in there with a, a an eagerness to learn and to develop, then
0: uh, you'll get something out of it. Cool. Um, and then to your current role, what's the best part of working with the U-20 team? Um, that's a good question.
1: I think there's, there's a number of number of things with the U-20s. It's just their eagerness. Um, some of them are already playing top 14 and pro-d2 playing professional rugby and, decent decent contracts but there's you know there's an eagerness for them to to learn and to make and to try and make the next level and to make the the seniors um so working with athletes who are that motivated and there's always a, an area as well for them to improve um, so you're they're not too set in their ways when you're working with them so they're they're very open as to you know what you can bring them and i think there's um
0: yeah, an eagerness to learn from them. Interesting, yeah. Um, and then, what's your favorite level of rugby to watch?
1: Um, for me, I find I actually find the Japanese top league quite entertaining. Um, as a fan, from a fan's perspective, I think it's a great league to watch. It's fast, it's dynamic, hot uh, skills. Um, you know, having having that role as a skills coach, I tend to look at a lot of the skills and. There's a lot of good players playing in that, so it's always an interesting watch. Um, and also, I'm a fan of rugby league, so I'm always watching a bit of uh, a bit of NRL and looking at the the plays and the systems they use and see whether there's anything that's transferable to Union. Um, there's, there's been quite a few things in the past. The, the defence coaches from league have come to Union, and I think it's only a matter of time before they they pick up a few more attacking uh, structures as well.
0: Yeah, I've had a previous uh, guest talk about the kind of layered attack of Rugby League and kind of trying to figure out how to bring that more into the Union game.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I – mean, even even from um, a kicking game, attacking kicking game as well, it's, there's a lot that still can be done and transferred to Union. So it's always an interesting watch.
0: Great. And then how closely are you watching the Super Rugby? Uh,
1: watching it – Quite regularly I wouldn't, wouldn't say so I'm watching it live um, and I'm, I'm not watching the whole game because um, so trying to convince my wife to watch eight games of, of rugby in a weekend is, <laughs> is a bit tough but uh, so we've we actually got with France we've we've um, we use StatsOcta, so we can download games and around the world and just have a look at the board and play so just download it straight into the, the sports code package and then I can just watch the board and play and that way it makes, you know, I can see 40 minutes of of, uh, of rugby as opposed to the, uh, the dead, dead ball time.
0: What was that software called?
1: Uh, it's called Stats Opta. Stats Opta. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a decent program. You, you, you can watch anything from second division rugby in Japan to MLR to Heineken Cup, and everything is already coded by the company as well. So... If you're looking at a specific players around the world, you can also uh, have a look at that. So they do a lot of Six Nations games as well uh, when we work with the 20s. So it's it's, pretty, it's a pretty useful program.
0: <laughs> and so I assume you guys use sports code as well then?
1: Yeah, so we use sports code Elite and then um, Huddle as well on the iPads. Um, and the players have a Huddle account on their phones and tablets so that they can review uh, trainings and games as well just make it easier for
0: them. Uh, Then that kind of brings me to what are you sending out for, for video for players to watch and how often are you sending them the stuff to watch? Um, So they, they're they're pretty good
1: at watching uh, coming in and either we've, when we travel, we have a couple of computers that we set up in the hotel and the team room and they can come in and just do their own analysis. Um, They also get sent, their their clips or the the whole game and then ultimately their their clips are coded within that so they can have a look at that on their tablets whenever they want so you know they'd have it 12-15 hours after the game Uh, they'll have access to it and then if there's anything else during the week uh, for example i might send something on a to a particular player about his catch pass or his kicking from training or from a game um, so it might be more of an individual thing, uh, but generally they'll, um, they'll just go through their own segments and as well as things that are related to them, so the, you know, the, the line-outs might be a big uh, big theme for some, or the scrum, so. but uh, the U20s, they're, they're, like I said before, they're, they're eager to learn, so they're generally pretty good at, uh, at doing it
0: themselves. And then, so for the team, what statistics are you analyzing?
1: Uh, so, it it'll would be, it'll be the general general stats, you know, tackles per game, the, the type of tackle, um, how quickly they get back to their feet and, and get back in the line. Um, there'll be times that the head coach might ask for something more specific. So, something like kicking um, from a particular player, uh, you know, that we might uh, we might have a focus on, or if if he sees something during the week, then I'd have to to go digging for that um, if it, if it hasn't been cut already. So, but they're just for your your, your general things: um, passing, kicking, and then uh, depending on the detail they want within the uh, within the
0: kicks and within the passes as well. So if you're going back through and looking for stuff, like how many times in a week do you say you re-watch the same match? Um, it, it depends a little bit. I normally go through um, just one side of the ball, so I'd go through our attack, and then afterwards go through our defense.
1: Um, so you could probably end up watching a game two three times, but again, you're not watching the whole game. You're watching the ball in play. And um, you might just be watching, you know, the first two, or three phases from set piece, and just have an idea of what uh, what the attacks looking
0: like or what the defence is looking like. So it's very much dependent on on our preparation for each game. Okay. Um, and in what way do statistics impact your coaching? Um, so obviously op- opposition analysis. Uh, when we're doing opposition analysis, it's pretty key just to get an idea of what
1: team the opposition are doing. Um, you know, try and see if there's any trends in their in their game um, on either side of the ball, uh, trends from particular players as well, and then might be looking at uh, mapping. So uh, that could be from kicking, so where they like to kick from, where most of their box kicks
0: um, originate from as well as their set pieces. Um, so you look at their set piece and try and map a little bit what they do off set piece, uh, depending on where they are around the around the pitch or what zones they are. So I'd say, yeah, the, the, the stats would be opposition-based. Ba- uh, opposition cool, cool. Um, and are there any trends that you're currently seeing in the game? Um, I'd
1: say, Obviously, defenses have got a lot better, so we see a lot less. We see more zero rucks, so more more guys on their feet, which limits the space for the uh, for the attack a little bit, and um, leads to more to more kicks in general play. So definitely, a lot more kicking, um, trying to find that space and trying to to manipulate the defense a little bit more, I guess. Um, but trying to try pull or the. 10 or the 15 at the back out of position a little bit, so I think I no, definitely the fact that the fences have got a lot better, which is what was interesting to look at the um, Super Rugby Australia with the new rule, the 50-22 rule. Yeah, uh, it sort of gets the you know keeps the wingers honest or keeps the the 10 and the 15 honest. They um, they can't always be up in the line, so they have to drop one or two from from the front line,
0: so it creates a bit more space. So I think I think that's what a it's taken from rugby
1: league again, but it's I think something that makes the game quite interesting. So,
0: that's a lot of change that you want to see happen?
1: I wouldn't be opposed to it. I think um, I think it speeds up the game a little bit, and it uh, it adds an element of of skill. Um, you probably you probably get guys trying to try it a bit too many times, but I think that's the, that'd be the case with any law changes that would came in. People try to exploit them straight away. But um, I think it does require a a high level of of skill to be able to to execute it and to have the vision of seeing whether it's on or not. And then ultimately trying to find the space in the front line as well to attack. Hmm.
0: I won't jump on my soapbox, but I'm definitely not a big fan of the law change. (laughs) No. (laughs) No. I I don't think you should incentivize kicking the ball into touch, but that's just me.
1: Yeah. No, I I, I agree. I suppose there's two sides to it. But – um. So, no, it'll be definitely
0: interesting to see. It. And I think it's good to trial it anyway at, uh, at super rugby and domestic level and see if it works. Yeah. Um, so during the match, when you're sitting up with the coaches, what are you typically focused on?
1: Um, so I'm live coding. Just the, the, the basics, uh, set piece, tackles, rucks, um, mainly collective, collective coding. And then... Um, at the same time, I'm looking at areas of the field and areas of the game where we can manipulate the opposition. So I'd be looking at kicking options and trying to manipulate the, the nine or the back three or first or second phase. Um, and then if I if I see something, then i can try and communicate that to the to the head coach who's beside me. Or he might ask me to see a particular part of the game again. So as well through coding live, I can go back have a look at it and. Show him. Uh, same if if he needs any stats, or if if the coach on down on the on the sideline needs any stats as well, we can have a quick look at it and, and see where we're at. Hmm.
0: And then, what does that carry over into halftime? Like, what are your responsibilities at halftime?
1: It's um. I, I, I tend to go through the, the game the first half again and I'll just look at areas that I may have uh, I may have missed or may not have been coded properly um, as well as give an update to the head coach on some stats if he's if he wants them it's very dependent on um, on the game itself and how that's going um, sometimes he'll, he'll be looking for some stats other times he will just want to get straight to the into the changing rooms and uh go off the cuff so it's, uh, it, it varies on each match as far as halftime responsibilities
0: so it's yeah depending on the coach
1: yeah depending on the coach and depending on the the, the way the game's going uh, if, if we're in the lead if we if we're falling behind a bit or just how the players are going it can change
0: and so what have you been doing during quarantine or lockdown to try to help the team get better
1: Isolated, but the the players were sending me some of their some of the videos of them just doing some skills in, in the backyard, and I've been doing a fair bit of that using huddle technique and just being able to go through their their kicking action or uh, the passing action. So just working, trying to work with them from from a distance. It's not always easy, but if, you know if you do a little bit of analysis on their technical skills and give them a bit of feedback. Um, online then it's um, you know, it's better than, than nothing uh, for sure so it's um, there's been a bit of that and then also just having a look at games from this past season um, trying to see where, what teams are doing if there's anything that we could pick up that might be of use to us uh, be it in for the U20s for, for the Saron or for or for Luxembourg so There's always something you can take away from the games, even if they're two, five, ten years old. So um, I feel, again, if you go in there with an open mind, you don't think that the rugby's too dated for you. You can always
0: pick something out. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see previous trends and things that may have fallen out of favour and and are keen to be brought back to the game. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Everything everything comes around, Chris. (laughs) Everything comes back around. So it's just that if, if there's something that works, then every team will do it. Every team will copy one another and do it for a while until something else is found that you know was used 15 years ago. So I think um, yeah, trend, trends come, come and go,
0: but uh, it's a circuit, I think. Absolutely. Uh, so then, for your own personal goals, like, what does your coaching trajectory look like?
1: i would uh, I wouldn't mind having uh, a guy working in the MLR in the in the future. I think it's a it's a competition that's definitely uh, on uh, on the rise, and I think it's quite an exciting competition. You've got a lot of young players, good athletes, um, and it's just been could be interesting to be a part of. Um, I'd also like the chance to go to and uh, work with a, a men's team at the World Cup, um, having done it with the the women's. Uh, side of the game and had it not been for COVID I would have done the the U20s World Championship as well in Italy this summer but uh, that'll have to be for next year so hopefully being able to tick those three boxes off that would be pretty special for me Uh, but uh, yeah Japan would be another one I guess just working
0: in a a different environment and uh, constantly challenging challenging myself cool yeah sounds like a great plan um, to kind of wrap up, I just got three questions that I always ask, and that's, uh, do you yeah. have any favorite coaching books? Um, so I've actually just finished
1: reading, uh, correct me if I pronounced his name wrong, Urban Meyer,
0: Meyer. Urban Meyer, yeah.
1: Meyer, Above the Line.
0: Yeah, um, it's a fantastic book.
1: Yeah, no, it was a great book. So that was, I just finished that one. And then uh, another one was The Pressure Principle, what Dave Elred, kicking coach. Okay. Uh, it was Johnny
0: Wilkinson's kicking cage. Uh, he's worked with the Lions, with uh, quite a few teams works with golfers. So it's quite an interesting, um, interesting read. And what, then what was that one? The Pressure Phil Point.
1: Ja- the Pressure pr- Principle.
0: Prin- okay, Pressure Principle.
1: Yeah, so it's a great, great read. And then uh, Phil Jackson's Eleven Rings I enjoy as well. It's up on my shelf. A
0: classic. Awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to check that one out. Uh, and then I'm not sure if you're on Twitter, but are there three coaches that you suggest following or th- are three people that influence your coaching? Uh, yeah. So
1: three, three guys. Um, one is already Richardson, who is actually a strength and conditioning coach. I bet, um, when I went to Japan, I'll just spend a day with, um, the Kubota Spears in the top league. And, um, yeah, great guy. Puts out some great content, not just on strength and conditioning, but on actual coaching as well. Um, as well as Warren Abrahams as well, who's a skills coach who actually was working with the USA uh, women's sevens team last season. Um, so he puts out some some good skills work. And then a guy who was on my
0: course, who was one of the course leaders uh, at IRANs, uh, Dave Ellis. I'd highly recommend uh, looking at some of their material as well. Hey, right, cool. Cool. And then just a final question uh, Do you have any cool or obscure facts about rugby that you think people should know?
1: Um, I suppose the one thing you get in rugby that you don't get in all sports is you can go anywhere in the world and find a club and you feel at home. Um, you know, I've been to, I've lived in Spain, lived in Canada in the states and Luxembourg I've always found a club and uh, whether it's been I've been working there you know professionally or just as the player and just want to try and meet some people it's it's a unique thing that uh, that rugby has um, It just there's a, there's a bond there with with rugby all over the world so I think that's a pretty special thing
0: yeah, I needed to get myself traveling a bit more and actually enjoy some of that community that people talk about. Exactly. No, it just gives you – it opens a lot of doors.
1: You, you could probably pack up and move to Hong Kong. you find a club and, you know, then you'd probably end up with a, a house and a, and a job as well to go with it. So <laughs> you never know what 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 can happen in the in the world of rugby, but I think it's a great network and, um, you know, predominantly good people as well.
0: All right, James. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I really enjoyed it. Pleasure, Chris. Cheers, mate. Thanks very much
1: for having me on, mate. Yeah,
0: cheers.